0: Welcome to Specfic NZ Podcast, where we bring you the authors that aren't
1: afraid to ask "What if."
2: I'm Matt Dunaher, and I mostly write unpublished short stories.
1: I'm Cura Carpenter. I'm a Dunedin
2: fantasy author. My
1: debut novel, The Kingfisher's Debt, has come just come out recently. And I'm Nick Swittaker, and I
0: have nine novels that are indie published at the moment. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome everybody. Today our guest is Dan Raybarts. He is an author, editor and narrator, winner of four Sir Julius Vogel Awards and three Australian Shadow Awards. Dan's short stories cover a range of genres, from science fiction to fantasy to horror to steampunk, and have appeared in venues such as Beneath Ceaseless Skies, Starship, Sofa, and The Mammoth Book of Dieselpunk. Together with Lee Murray, he co-edited the anthology's Baby Teeth, Bite-Sized Tales of Terror, and At the Edge, and co-writes the Path of Ra series from Raw Dog Screaming Press, Books 1 and 2, Hounds of the Underworld, and Teeth of the Wolf are out now, with a third installment due in 2020. His first solo novel, Brothers of the Knife, kicks off the grimdark yet madcap Children of Bane fantasy series from Umnum Gatherum. Book two, Sons of the Curse, is slated for release in 2020. His narrations have appeared on podcasts such as Tales to Terrify, Starship Sofa, Beneath Sessler Skies, and Pseudopod, among others. He is currently producing the audiobook for Hounds of the Underworld. So after all that, Dan, I'm going to ask you first, how did you find out about Specfic NZ, and how long have you been a member?
3: Specfic NZ, I've been a member for pretty much as long as Specfic NZ has been around. Um, I joined back in two thousand and nine um, around about the time that uh, that it launched. I found yeah. out about it just because before spec NZ was 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 the thing it is now. There was there was an email that went around with news from members and I was receiving that that email and there were some names of people I knew on there, and they were getting stories published and um, yeah. reading that email made me think oh well if these people i know are, are, are doing this then, then actually maybe yeah. i can too um, made
1: it a bit more real
3: it, it, it did it was it was it, it, it was a reality from something that you thought was really just for, for other people who had who had oh. more opportunities but but clearly um clearly actually it could be done so yes i've been with Spectrum yeah. for a long time um really uh, joining spec NZ way back then really did sort of kick off my journey as as it was from from writing being a thing that I enjoyed and which I would like to do to being something I was actually doing and and, and earning some sort of uh, reward and recognition for
1: yeah fabulous and yeah you've certainly um, got the awards to back that up that's that's wonderful and getting into the Australian as well I'm really impressed There's something you. Um, you talk about is uh, the idea of author branding, and that's something I'm, I really like and I'm fascinated by. But I wonder, I I worry rather about uh, typecasting. And so, do you find that people always refer to you as like the horror guy? Not
3: yet. Um, Not yet. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I'm I'm lucky in that when I first started out um, with short fiction, I was writing science fiction, and then I took a I took a step across into steampunk, and for a good couple of years there, I was. I was writing a lot of um, what I call Kiwi steampunk and getting that published um, around, you know, internationally. So uh, then I went from from steampunk. Everything sort of led me towards towards horror. A bit. My science fiction was quite dark. My fantasy had a tendency to be quite dark. Uh, and then and then I I had some success with horror as well. So it's on, on the one hand on the one hand I've sort of gone that way. On the other hand, I'm also trying to. Um, remain in a place where where I just like to write the things I like and, and stay uh, dynamic, if you like, and, and keep keep everything a bit varied, so that I don't end up in that necessarily yeah. typecast role. Uh, it's just that, that dark edge seems to seems to affect everything. But if you right, if, if you think right. about horror, if you think about horror as a genre as well, it tends to be something of a of a state of mind. It tends to be a layer that you can apply to most things, to most genres. You can you can take horror and you can mm. you can put it anywhere. So it sort of lets you write science fiction, which is also horror, and it lets you write fantasy, which is also horror. So it's it's not it's not too bad of a it's not too bad of a brush to to be um to be painted with, I suppose.
1: Would you do anything differently in regards to your author brand if you were just starting back starting out now? You've got all that hindsight. I I,
3: I don't think I would. I don't think I would because. When you start down this this track you have successes and and you have failures and you you learn from both and and you grow from all of them. So even the things I've done along the way that may not have turned out as well as I would have liked, um, I'm 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 still I've I've still taken a lot away from that. So so no, I'm 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 pretty happy with everything, um, with how everything has turned out up until this point. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and change anything, no.
1: And something that um you've been involved with for a long time. Is audio narration. How did you get into
3: that? Oh, okay. So again, I started listening to um, I started listening to to podcast novels um, right back when they were they were still a fairly fresh and new thing. Um, this is also probably uh, about ten years ago. Um, I got hooked into something called A Hodes Grim, which was which is by a, a US author named Jack Kincaid, and that's just that was just the most fantastic piece of audio work that I've, I've ever listened to. And and um and when I finished that, I needed something else, and that led me to just googling up you know horror audiobooks, and that led me to audiobooks and Phil Rossi and J C Hutchins and Scott Sigler and and all of these guys who were out there doing it. And that was another one of those trigger moments for me because here they were podcasting their own novels and getting them out there and they had fans and 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 people reading their books and they were getting book deals and so that was a that was a bit of a, a, a turning point when I discovered that stuff um and then from there I went on to listening to short fiction podcasts such as Starship Sofa um which Grant Stone was involved with at the time and so he uh he he, he put me onto to that and so then I was listening to listening to these guys and you get on to listening to the narrators and how they set their gear up and again I had the same thought as when I when I sort of first learned about Spec NZ and I thought well I can probably do that um so I um, I ended up getting getting some gear together and um and setting myself a, up a little bit of a a recording booth which at the time involved hanging some blankets over some stands in the kitchen um and 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 volunteered I just volunteered through to the podcast to say hey I'm, I'm interested in doing this if you've got something yeah, you let go. me know uh, and, that was, and that was and that that was pretty much went from there. So long as you can deliver um, audio that was that was of a of, of a particular level and, and it was it was well well delivered um, in terms of both the narration as well as the technical, then you'd get you get an email again. Hey, we've got another story, um, and so it just sort of grew from there. I'm actually I'm actually using as a microphone right now the same little um, recorder that I use for most of my podcast. Uh, narration work um, right up until this year, I've just done some upgrades this year, but I'm using mm-hmm. the same microphone right now
1: Yeah, because you're currently producing the audio book for Hounds of the Underworld and so Correct. I was wondering um, if some of our members from Speakbook and Z are thinking of turning their books into audio what tips would you give them, what would you recommend they do first, I mean the idea of the, the towels and the chair over the kitchen table makes a, a good idea, but um, do they really need to invest in that expensive microphone or
3: um, I guess
1: technology has improved as well and it's constantly improving
3: yeah well I guess there's 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 a difference between um you recording or narrating something and when you're producing something True. um so the production is the whole the whole project across the board and that has to form part of a, a business plan as well so in this in this particular case I'm I'm producing the audiobook because um, the publisher of Hounds of the Underworld, uh, Raw Dog Screaming Press, um, have, have, uh, engaged me to do so. So l- last year I went to, oh, uh, to StokerCon in Providence with, uh, Lee Murray. We, we went over there for, um, for StokerCon and that was a, that was, that was a great time. And while we were there, um, we did a reading from Hounds of the Underworld and, um, and after that, the, um, the publisher came to us and, and said hey you know actually we'd really like to uh we're really thinking about getting into audiobooks and 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 having yeah. just listened to your your reading the story would how would you like to go about it and you've, so you've got this background of mm. podcast narration so yeah. so is it is that an option so um so I looked at that pretty carefully and decided that that'd be a bit of a step forward so so that's that's the production side of it that's that's now going about producing a product which has to meet a, a particular standard so that it can be delivered to a market. Um, there's some there's some economics behind it, and the the, the this is this is what the, what the publisher wants. They're saying this is the, a, a sort of way forward to, to break into another market. So that's that's really exciting for for me and, and for Lee and I um, to to be able to take a crack into the into that market as well. In terms of just in terms of just doing narrations, um, I've got a I've got a booth which is out in my garage. I've got a nice big old blue screen that came out of a film studio, hanging up in it, so that soaks up all the echoes. Um, I've got a, a rode a microphone and a little Tascam mixer, and I record straight down into a into a MacBook into Audacity. So yeah. all, all of the like all of the setup the, the, that gear is probably the, it's less than a thousand dollars worth of gear. Um, yeah. The the Zoom recorder that I that I've used for you know the last five, five or six years prior to that um that was only that was only two or three hundred dollars straight out of Amazon and that's all I needed because I could just record directly mm. to it mm.
1: um, and audacity so, is a free program is that correct
3: and and audacity is free and yeah. and it's it's so long as you save often it's um <laughs> it does it does pretty much everything that you need to do
2: this uh, this so, uh, yeah. podcast is done on audacity
3: okay. yeah yeah, so it's. It, it, I, even, I was even sitting down with a, a, a audio engineer uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were just looking at some of the initial um, recordings that we were doing for House of the Underworld to get some professional advice on that. And, and I mentioned that I was using Audacity and he said, oh yeah, that's, that, that, that's fine. And this is a, this is a professional um, audio engineer. He had no issue at all with Audacity. He thought that was a great piece of software to be using for a project like this. So that's you, d- definitely um, easy to learn, easy to install, easy to run. Um and then all you need is um is just something to record. Record you can record straight to it if you want to. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've just I always enjoyed using my my little Zoom H 2
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. I've tried uh, audiobooks as uh recording, but I was terrible at it. So <laughs> so there's some uh, there's some things when it comes to publishing that you kinda have to uh, farm off to other people. So uh, what is it like to co write with another author?
3: Oh, co writing. It's 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 um, exhilarating it's challenging it's it's demanding um, uh, and it's and it's extremely rewarding it's it's one of the most exciting ways I have certainly found of of, of writing because uh, obviously we're talking about the path of our series with with Lee Murray and it's a, it's mm-hmm. just a, it's always a treat to, to write with Lee because we you you deliver your section, you leave it there, you say, Here you go, Lee, it's it's your turn to come back and um and do your bit now. And so then she'll come back to a few days later and say, Okay, I've added a new section, so go and tell me what you think. And you go on and there's this it's like you're stepping into the story. You should know the story because you're writing it, but you you never saw any of this coming. And so it's great. And then you get to jump into the world and, and add your bit. Um and, and she'll come back and say, Oh, this is this is yeah, this is great. That was that was a brilliant section. I really enjoyed it. So you get you get the best of both worlds because not only do you get to you get to write and, and, and work in this in, in this world and tell your story, but you also get to be the reader and you get to be involved and then you can step back and yeah, we, we cross edit a little bit, but we, we try not to edit each other too much as long as we we both know where we're going with the story. Um, so it's yeah, I find it I find it really, really enjoyable. Um, you've got to, you've got to be working with someone I think that you work with quite well. Uh, Lee's not the only writer that I have collaborated with. I've also worked with um, Grant Stone and Matthew Sanborn Smith. We've got a, a little writing collective that we've we've produced a lot less than Lee and I have, but we had a story in Andromeda Spaceways a couple of years ago, which was which was extremely strange and, and quite fun. And we have we have a completely different collaborative process um we have a i'm going to write a story and i'm going to leave it here and someone else is going to come and take it up and 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 just change it and add to it and rewrite it and turn it into something of theirs and and then we bandy it around until we go hey yeah this is this is messed up but it's fun and 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 let's see if anyone actually wants to buy it Um, so yeah i i really enjoy it it's a it's it's a it's a, a social sort of thing and there's a there's a certain pocket of writers who, who really engage with that social side of, of writing. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm one of those. And if you can find good people to work with that, that, that you can feed off and, and you can feed back to, um, then it can, be, it can be extremely rewarding. It can be a great, a great way to um, develop your craft.
0: Um, I like that social aspect as well, but I haven't found anyone to co write with. <laughs> um, so what is your favourite to write, short stories or novels? Cause you've got a bit of both. I
3: have, I have, I've done a bit of both. I really, I really enjoy the short form. Um, yep. I, I love getting into a piece like that where you can, where you can expand an idea and just take it just out to the fringes and then, and then, and then cut it off. Um, but, but do something, do something really worthwhile between in, in that tight time frame. So I've, I really like the short the short fiction. Um, I really enjoy reading short fiction. I probably read or consume a lot more short fiction than I do um, novel length. In terms of in terms of writing novels, um, they're more of a they're more of a, a, a long term. They're more of a marathon. Um, they're more of a, a getting in and saying I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to get my way all the way to the end. The trouble with the the, the, the two forms is that if you fall over halfway through one or other of them which happens it it certainly happens to me if you fall over halfway through a short story you might have only you might have only lost a week in terms of writing time if you fall over halfway through a novel and can't pick yourself up and go and go on then that might be you know three or four or six months of work however long you've you've put into it so in terms of risk to return when you, you you come back to what i was saying before about about production and and business plans and committing your your resource to to a particular risk the, 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 the risk that you engage when you start writing a novel is significantly higher than when you are writing a um, a short story and ironically the reward for writing and publishing a short story at the at the professional level um can be more than you might ever actually make off a novel That's so true. For, for, for that for that reason at a, at a business level i'm i'm a big fan of of, of short fiction because there's there's I've made more money from selling short fiction over the last ten years um, than I have made selling novels. But having said that, we're, 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 I've only just broken into that market in the last couple of years, so um, so there's there's it's, it's early days yet. That's yeah, an interesting feel-
2: point, actually. Sorry. Um, but- that's really interesting about the the, um, the financial benefits because quite often when you speak to publishers and, and published writers, they say, oh, don't do short stories. There's no money in that.
0: Oh, it's changed because we now got to the audience that like the little chunks of things. So they want to be able to read something on their phone while they're waiting for the bus or something like that. So, yeah. So the audience has changed quite a bit. And so, yeah, it's changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. So I, have, I don't know, is this if ANZ, or do you uh, call it fans?
3: So That's oh, very for,
0: interesting. So for, tell me about that.
3: For fans, so for fans <laughs> is the fan fund of Australia and New Zealand, um, and it is it is something different from SF fans for anyone who's familiar with the, the Science Fiction Fantasy um, Association of Zealand, which is the, the organisation that, that runs cons. For fans is a, the, the fan fund organisation. It's a sort of a, a sister, I suppose, if you like to guff and and uh the 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 TAF, uh there are there are quite a few fan funds out there but what the what they essentially are is a um an organization that uh, that spends you have you have a delegate who spends a couple of years putting the money together um to send someone to a to a, a fan convention overseas um and then so there's a there's a body of money for someone to go and do that and then they take over from whoever was running it before them they go they do the trip they take over and then they spend a couple of years um raising money for someone else to go um so for fans specifically between uh, australia and new zealand um i was the i was the for fans delegate in 2014 um i went to a uh, continuum in melbourne which was their netcon that year um and it was it was a blast. I had a I had a great time. And then and then after that spent some time raising some money to get someone else from you know, we we brought a fan from Australia across to New Zealand and then from there that's that was then handed on to Linnell Howell, who's one of our um one of our SF fans people who's been a, a huge support to the fan community for countless years. So that was a that was a it's it's a nice way in that regard for paying back um, to the fan community here's here's something we 're going to send you over there that covers things like flights and accommodation and and the the your membership of the convention um and you basically get to go along and you you, you you're sort of honored as being the the guest the guest um, fan That's fund cool. I like it. Uh, so so it's great so I went along to continuum that year I was yeah appeared on some panels I got to give out one of the ditmars um while I was there so you yeah, got to go up to get up at the awards and read out the, the nominees and hand it to the winner and all that so there was a bit of um there was, there was a bit of that going on it was, it was it's a great time but the fan funds are just a um a nice a nice way of helping bring communities together so we also have one that goes to the united states we have one um that so it goes back and forth between the united states and we have one that goes um across to to europe as well um, and they they've been going on for a long time for for many years, and they're and they're pretty well supported. Um, but yeah, de- definitely, pretty much every every convention that we have um, around the country, we there's usually a section somewhere in there where people um, will we'll have a bit of a talk about the fan funds and, and explain them a little bit more to anyone who's interested. Um, and the auctions usually have a, a a component where the things are up for sale, and those are specifically for the fan funds as well. Um, but yeah, it's That's a, cool. it's a, it's a great, it, it, it's a good little system.
2: It's a good little system.
0: Cause so many times we kind of look at Australia and think they're our, our cousin that we don't particularly like, <laughs> but this is the kind think of yourself. thing that uh, brings us all together. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, um, too often we kind of in competition. I like these ty- kind of things that kind of bring us together rather than in competition.
2: I've been experimenting with writing some horror uh, recently, and I'm quite enjoying it actually. But I'm actually a real I'm a real scaredy cat. I don't really watch. I can read horror novels sometimes, um, <clears throat> but uh, I don't really uh, and horror short stories definitely. But I don't really watch the films. Definitely don't watch films. So you obviously write mainly horror at the moment, um, and. Do your stories keep you awake at night? Do you, scare you find you scaring yourself? This was
3: an interesting question when I read it because I, I only sort of had to think about it um, for a very short time. And the uh, the answer is that it, it's, it'll keep me awake if I don't write it down. I'm more likely to find myself lying there awake going, I've got this thing on my head and, and here's the story and I'll... And, and I'll lie awake there until I maybe get up and go and sit down in the lounge and, and spend an hour writing it down and getting as much of it out of my head as is ready to come out. And then I can go away and, and, and sleep quite peacefully. Um, no, the the... the the product never sort of sort of keeps me awake, but but having it having it in my head and needing to come out certainly does. That
2: makes sense. It's kind of I suppose you can kind of have a sense of closure. It's like yeah. when write lists of, of things that are bothering them get it <laughs> out their head. I did I did read an interview with one horror writer who who said they were would written this book about, um, about giant spiders and and said that they were a massive arachnophobe and actually writing that book really helped them kind of deal with their issues and and kind of get on top of it a little bit
3: there's there there can certainly be a bit of that um i mean about around about the time i started writing short fiction as well there's a there's a particular theme that that runs through this is when both of my 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 kids were still quite young um and there's a particular theme that runs through a lot of those stories of that of that era which is all about this 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 fear of, of losing your losing your children Um, having them taken away having terrible things happen to them this goes through these stories and recurs and recurs quite frequently and it's not because anything like that ever happened um it's because there's a there's a that was a, a significant um sort of anxiety for me is that oh now now these children here in the world I've got this responsibility to look after them and 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 keep them safe and and what if any of these terrible things happened like all the parents disappeared and were taken by zombies and the children are left to fend for themselves. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, so maybe not particularly realistic, um, anxieties, but they, they represent
2: something anyway. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Kind of speaks to those kind of deep fears that are, that are in everyone or in everyone who's yeah. affected by that. Um, so we met at the uh, GeyserCon, which was uh, New Zealand's NACCon, uh, year, and in fact, we did a panel on podcasts, surprisingly, uh, together. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was the, literally the first science fantasy convention I've ever been to. Although I'm a big consumer of products, I'm not. I wouldn't necessarily identify as a as a fan. In inverted commas, um, I don't tend to do fancy dress, and uh, I don't tend to kind of socialise in those circles. But I really loved it. Actually, I thought it's fantastic, and it really inspired me to want to, to want to go back. So um how did you obviously you've been you've already mentioned going to other conventions i mean how did you find it especially as a writer do you think you've um kind of is, is it about part, partly about getting your brand out there keeping it out there and, and building it is it you know catching up with old friends is it a combination of those things um if we if we go go back again if we jump
3: back to that that 10 year mark i keep referring to where sort of i found out about speak and zed and people I knew and and uh I got to know um, Grant Stone, and and then around about that time, I can't remember exactly what year, possibly possibly two thousand two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Um, uh, Oak Contrer was held in Wellington, and and Grant Stone was up. For a Sir Julius Vogel Award, and he knew I was in Wellington, and he said, "Oh, well, you, you must be going to Otago so could you could you collect this on my behalf if I win?" Um, and I said, "What's O'Contria? Um, At which point he said, "What? How do you how do you not know this? You're having the on in, in Wellington, and you're in Wellington, and, and you should be there." Um, and that was that was pretty much where that started. So then I, I sort of looked it up and found out what it was, and found out that there's one of these every year, and and that was that was where it began. And so every year that it's been. Um, been feasible for me to do so. I've, I've tried to um, to get to the NatCon and along along that. Yeah, you know, at, at the same time, I've I've found myself involved in helping plan the plan the writing streams and helping plan the you know, plan panels and um, presentations and, and been involved at a at a at a committee level as well um, on various various cons over the last few years and that's that's pretty rewarding. It Geyser, Guise was a um, was for me. Oh, because I wasn't involved in the planning for that one at all I got to go along pretty much just as a as an attendee I was I was on a number of panels but I pretty much just got to go along and, and, and have some fun um, and meet people and and catch up with people I knew and and that's that's become to be the, the thing about the, the conventions that I that I value the most is actually just just meeting people and catching up with people. Um, you know, renewing friendships and, and and giving giving people books, <laughs> um, and and, and get, getting books from people that are, that are, you, know, you you can't walk into a store and get them. But there's so and so, and I've been waiting to get a copy of their book, and now I've got one. And so that's that's uh, that's been the thing about them for me. the, the, the convention is a coming together of people um and that's what it's all about and you can you can go into it with some preconceptions about 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 costumes and 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 whatever but really when you get there what you learn is that is that fandom is a very broad um thing you can't box it up and and put any 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 labels on it really because everyone everyone who goes to these things is is, is really different um, and there's there's a lot of variety out there, and a lot of different people, and they're they're all they're all amazing, and they're all fantastic. Um, so I quite like being able to do that. I like to be able to slip into the writer circles and, and have those writerly conversations, and then slip into another slip into another circle, and you you you're delving into 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 you know. The Avengers, or you're delving into into the new Star Wars universe, of whether or not it's 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 better or worse than than the old days, and and the the best thing I found about um about because I've not involved myself in that part of the cons before, um was there was a, a role playing section this mm. year, and uh, Lewis Lewis Morgan was running a uh, an absolutely fantastic little quickfire um rpg where you could build a character in the space of about 30 seconds and jump in and and it was just absolutely nuts and um i, I think i spent about three hours doing this on this on the on the <laughs> friday night or the saturday night the saturday night i think and it was it was just insane and intense and i laughed so much i haven't i haven't laughed that much in in in, in a long time um, my kids
0: started up a club it, because of that
3: <laughs> oh, oh brilliant um, I'm, I'm I'm I've been trying to convince I'm trying to convince my 12 year old that that he needs to start a start a group. <laughs> yes. so I, I, I could play it with them because they'd have so much fun.
0: Yeah, I had to buy dice for many of you.
2: I yeah, didn't actually so, get to participate in the RPGs, but it did actually inspire me to to get involved. Just watching, seeing the fun people were having, inspired me to join right, an yeah. RPG group in in Auckland for the first time in years. Right.
3: Yeah. No. I had I, I had I had an absolute ball. Um it was, and we, we had we had a lot of the Aussie contingent there as well. So, again, these are people I either knew or knew of from um, from the, 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 the going to the cons in Australia, or from going to um, going to uh, Stoker Con last year, catching up with Alan Baxter again. So, so I've got a, a you know it was you talk about this all we, we're competitive, and there are cousins we don't like. I, I love I love the Australian specific, um community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um absolutely amazing bunch of people and they're so welcoming and they they've just been yeah, they've been really good to me and um and I just I yeah, I'd love the opportunity to hang hang out with them at any time, Karen Warren, Sylvia Brown, um Jerry Huntman, all those all that crowd. It was just it was just brilliant to have them there. Um, and we're seeing more and more of them at our, more and more of the Aussies coming over to our cons because for them it's 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 no big deal. It's it's no different to, to come to a con in New Zealand than it is to go from Brisbane to Sydney. The, the flight's mm. the same. It's closer than getting to Perth. Um, so so <laughs> <but> we we <laughs> it really is. So it's um so yeah that's it's it's great to see them there and seeing that engagement. Um, it's um, yeah the, the Aussies are brilliant. I love them.
2: Yeah. yeah actually that brings me on to an additional question that's occurred to me um during this conversation which is
3: i was i was I warned that, that this would happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> i uh well I've, I've been very good this time i've managed I've <laughs> um but um i' don't, i think you're a member you, am i right in thinking you're a member of the australasian horror writers association
3: yes yes' i'm um, AHWA. yeah
2: yeah so um i'd be i think our listeners would probably like to hear more about that sort of what are the benefits i mean it's open it started as the australian horror writers association it's expanded because of people like yourself um what's the benefits of joining um what do you get out of it um it's much much like Ken NZ it's again it's a it's a, a group
3: of like-minded people who are who are all coming together and, and and sharing in the same stuff that they that they enjoy and that they like um so I I, I sort of have a have a habit of collecting groups if you like um so I'm part of spec McKenzie, the hwa as well the the, the international horror association um the ahwa it's and you and, and you see things coming through again you get to share on what other people are doing you you get their, their news about what's what they've what their successes are and their successes um i, I find other people's success um inspiring mm. you know i don't i i don't sort of sort of ever ever see other people successful as something that 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 we should resent. I always I always think that's a brilliant thing for other people. And when you're part of an organization, that's what they're sharing. Um, and that's that's what I take from it. And, and where you can, you can sometimes give back as well. So you know if there, there's 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 judging competitions or there's um there's mentoring or any of those sorts of things, if you can if you can step in and be part of a group that's doing that sort of stuff, um then that can be that can be a real boost to the to the community as a whole because other people helped. Um, helped prop me up and get me to where I am and so if I can also turn around and do the same in return um, then that you know the,
2: the rising tide floats all boats, sort of thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: Cool, um, we, have a, we do have a standard closing question as you know but I think you've already answered it so um, rather than go to that what I'd like to ask is um, if anyone else, unless anyone else has got any questions or comments yeah. to chip in first is uh, what's on the horizon what have you got coming out that you want people to know about?
3: Um, Okay, so Path of Ra, um, the third book. uh, Lee and I are staring down the barrel of the last 10,000 words or so. Um, We hope to have that finished uh, within the next next week or two. Um, Then we go into the editing process, but we expect that that will be out um, with Raw Dog Screaming Press next year. Um, I've also just about wrapped up edits on Sons of the Curse, which is the second book in the Children of Bane series. Um, so again, that should be with the publisher this year, and it should be um, should be out next year. Uh, and the third major project that I've got on at the moment is, is as we discussed, the audiobook for um, Hounds of the Underworld. So with those three things, sort of all all on my plate, taking up taking up my uh, my my time. Um, I haven't thought about anything beyond that, um but once 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 they're out in the world, um, I mean the third children of Bane book is read. I'll be going um as sorry as written, I'll be going back into um to do the edits on that. Uh, and then I'll probably be thinking about the um thinking about the fourth one because that's all together. it's a, it's a, it's a five book cycle which I've sort of sort of planned out, bullet pointed out. um but i've got I've got a fourth book in that series to start work on. so that's really where I'll be going with that.
1: Lee. Do you each write
3: a character? Is that how it works when you alternate? Uh, yeah, correct. Well, so the, the Path of Rail, we each have a character. There are there are brother and sister duo, um, and she she is a, a she she runs a science consultancy firm, um, trying to pick up work investigating um, do, doing crime scene forensics, um, and her brother is a slightly unhinged. Um, ex, so he's, a, he's an excellent he, he's character. i very much enjoyed
1: reading. reading right. there. yes. Which one do you write? Uh,
3: I write. I write Matthew. Yes, I write the. I write the okay. slightly yeah. unhinged, dark, slightly, yeah. slightly. Off I didn't field. want
1: to be sexist and assume that you wrote the <laughs> brother and she wrote the
3: sister. I, it's it, it is it is interesting because um, someone at work read it and he 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 came in and said to me, "Well, I've just I've just read the book and I figured out that you must write Penny, because there's." far too much swearing in that other character for that to be <laughs> you, I've never heard you swear <laughs> and I I have no idea where he has been all the time because uh, I swear a lot so yeah.
1: <laughs> a <dark> alter ego.
3: <laughs> that's right so cool. where
1: can fans
0: um, find you if they want to find you online
3: um I mean I can be I have a website at dan.raybarts.com um, you can also find me just usually by searching up my name in, in Facebook. I come up, and Raybarts is my my handle on Twitter. Um, so I'm in all of those all of those places. I can be found. I'm on Instagram as well. I think it's dan.raybarts but that's more about that's more about pictures of my son playing soccer, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so right. much for
1: coming along
3: tonight. Yeah, thank it's you. Been really enjoyable. Yeah, Thanks, thank you. Um, thank you very much uh, for having me. It's been it's been entertaining.